All right, good evening, everybody. To God be the glory. I talked today. Uh, I, I don't like really starting uh, a day off on a sour note, but I got a chance to talk with the gentleman that found that guy. And he seemed to be in good spirit, but he said, Father Ray is not doing good. About. Yeah. So I need to call Father Ray and talk to him. The reason why I'm asking you all to be in prayer about this whole situation. It's one of those areas in which God does not give us answers to. And the only thing that we can rely upon is what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. That's the last verse of that chapter. It says, for the secret things belong to God. And the thing in which God has made known to us or revealed to us or for us and our children so that we would know how to live before him. And so that is certainly one of those secret things of God that we have to leave in the hands of God. Okay. Uh, what is today? Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Does anybody know who Valentine was? St. Valentine was? Michaela, who was he? St. Valentine got killed for, um... Oh, man, I got killed. He's the man that 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 got killed. Right, to be in his army to go off to war so that they wouldn't have to be worrying about a wife. And so he said, no more marriages. But St. Valentine's did what? He secretly helped them get married. So, should we be, on a day like today, honoring God for relationships or honoring ourselves? God. God. Oh, yeah. Mimi's down there screaming. Can you handle that? God always. Always. And so, the church really falls into the secular world understanding of Valentine's rather than saying this man was a man that believed in the word of God and believed in the sanctity of marriage and that he was going to honor that. And so that's why this day was actually set aside to honor God through this man. And interesting that our Bible study today is going to hit on Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's going to hit on relationships and things. And so this is going to honor God. And so. And, and I thank I thank God for that. Now, Ephesians chapter five is going to start out by the Apostle Paul on a very good note about what do you think he's going to first thing he's going to talk about. He's going to talk about. Is it about love? <laughs> Yay! Somebody got. It. He's going to talk about love. And so, and that's what we're going to be looking at. The whole letter is a comparison of a, a, a husband and wife relationship to that of Christ in the church. Isn't that awesome? 
And in, in particular, I don't know, I was asking if you wanted a cup. Oh, I thought you meant. No. <laughs> um, what we will see here is uh, a focus on men in particular in this chapter, Ephesians chapter 5. Okay? And when we do, early this morning I got convicted by the Lord over this subject in which I'm about to teach. Because I have neglected my relationship with my wife. Uh, most of you all know me that I'm a worker. Homework. Yeah. I don't like taking time off. And I really don't like taking Saturdays off, but to keep my marriage, I had to take Saturdays off and at least do some chores around the house. But when I was in the Army, it was okay because the Army is a machine that needs to be going, what, all the time. And so I used the Army as an excuse to say, hey, I'm a soldier. I got to be there. Okay? But out here, you can't really get away with that. And God wouldn't want me to. All right? Put in her time. <laughs> yes, yes. She put in her time. And so I did. I brought a nice dozen of roses today. And uh, I tried to remember. And I prayed and asked God this morning to forgive me for neglecting her. And in doing so, I neglected him and Lord Jesus. Because she's the one who said, husband. Okay, who's your mom? Stephanie. Yes. Patio. Yes. Yeah, because you saw me last night. Well, last time I came in here, you're like, oh, you look familiar. Mm hmm. Like, well, all you got to say is, you might be mistaken for Stephanie. Says, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Awesome. Glad you're here. All right, let's go before the Lord in prayer for the second time. I would like Brother Miller just to pray for the Bible study tonight, and then we'll go from there. Okay? All right, AC. On. Father, we thank you. Let's pray, everybody. Father, we come before you. We thank you for, for allowing us to get together as one. To get into your word, Lord, to understand you better, to understand each other better, and to love each other as you love us. Father, we thank you for our loved ones. Yes, Lord. Thank you that you, you're so faithful in watching over us that we that we love you. Yes. You loved us first. Thank you, Jesus. And Father, as the evening goes. Open our eyes, open our hearts to your word so we can understand you better. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I was going to try and find a way to print up a copy of this in the complete Jewish Bible because it is so beautiful how those translators wrote this out from a Hebrew point of view. And it really, really gives us a different look at what Paul meant here in, in this writing. Anyway, so uh, I'm going to start on the NIV side. 
Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Did you see that? If you ever want to copy somebody's life, Paul said copy whose life? Jesus. Verse 1 there. Look up there at verse 1. What did he say do? God. Copy God's life. And God's life is what? Jesus, Jesus or love. Because remember, John would later write in one of his letters, he said that God is love. love. Okay? Not that love is God. There's a difference, right? But God is love. Okay? And so it says, you really want to do something here? King James says, be followers of God. That's another way to express it to someone. All right? You want to know how to live your life in this world? Understand your father that's in heaven. How is he? He's loving. Amen. Okay? Therefore, you be what? Loving. That means, brothers, you don't slap your sisters upside the head and call them crazy. You don't kick your little brother or kick the dog when you're mad. That old saying, when the husband is mad, he comes home, he kicks the dog and do what? Beats the wife? Uh, that's, that's, God don't put up with that stuff. So, when we come home, we act like we got some sense. <laughs> okay? Now, continue on in our V-side, and live a life of what? Everybody look up here in this column right here. I want y'all to follow me, kids. And live a life of love. love. King James, which is this column right here, says, and walk in what? Love. I want the kids in the back, the young ladies, stay with me so you can understand. Damien, I want you to look up and read too. Scholar. It says walk. Walk in love. Yes, there. Can I read? Yes, of course. Verse 2. She's going to read. Go ahead. If indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Okay, you're on the wrong chapter. Chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. Did you get them backwards? I do that sometime. That's all right. We'll take a minute and help you out. Hey, look, I get excited too. Oh. Chapter 5, verse 2. I got uh, All right, it's all right. It's all right. Okay, try it again. Try it again. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Okay, thank you. Jesus Christ, when he was on earth, his life was what kind of fragrance to God? A stinking fragrance or a sweet-smelling fragrance? Sweet. Sweet. Okay, so his life was like a flower. Anybody ever know, uh, own any flowers called gardenias? Gardenias smell good when they're blooming, don't they? Okay. What about cherry blossom? Anybody ever walk down the cherry lane when the, when the cherry trees are blossoming? And you walk up, whoa, man, that smells good. And there are many other aromas out there from, from plants when they're blooming. This is how Christ's life was when he was on earth. Jesus lived a life that was pleasing to God. The sweet smelling means that Jesus, the way he lived, pleased God. And therefore, we are to live our lives in such a manner that does what? 
Please God. Alright. Y'all hear me in the back, ladies? Stand with me. Okay. I think I'm about to stand over here because my operator just left me for a second. Alright. Who wants to read verse 3 since she started reading? Who wants to read verse 3? Go ahead, Miss Vicky. Let fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becomes saints. Okay, fornication. All right, here's where it is. You're all in a Bible class tonight, right? Fornication means no sex outside of marriage. If you are not married, no sex. And it also means under uncleanness, women don't sell their bodies, men don't sell their bodies. This is a wide category. It talks about you can fit in their homosexuality, being gay, being a lesbian, or this other thing now called. Um, no, it starts with a P sexual. What do they call it? Pansexual. Pansexual. The word pan in Greek means all. So they're saying all sex will have sex with anything as long as it feels good. And that's what a lot of the young ladies are now in schools are calling themselves pansexual. So if it was a dog, they say do it. Or a horse, or whatever the case may be, that's what it means. Okay? So, the word fornication, another way to describe it in the Bible is sexual immorality. Okay? And uncleanliness. Now, I believe, now this just be Sammy Nelson, but some of you all may say, oh, preacher, you're scratching it. I believe God does not accept women in, bath in bikinis on a beach. I work in one piece. Why? <laughs> Why? Because it is a form of immorality. It is designed for men to do what? It has nothing to do with women. What does immorality mean? It's not good. Now that's just me. I don't think God is pleased when, when his daughter stripped down to bear nothing. What's the difference between a woman being in her bra and panties and being in a bikini and a top on the beach? One is just simply called underwear, and the other one is called a bikini. Same thing for a guy. One of the things I had to get used to when I was in Europe, men wore them little skimpy cut briefs, and they called them swimming trunks. Yeah, and I'm going, whoa. So it just is, come on. <laughs> They're teenagers. They're going to go there. Okay. Now, or any kind of impurity. That's what the word impurity in the Greek means uncleanness. Mean when you make yourself sexually unclean, that means you're dressing in a manner that really draws attention to yourself. Whether it's wearing your dress up here or your shorts too short, 
Are your pants too tight, guys? Or uh, guys in particular, you know how y'all like, you want your pastor to do it now? Why don't I just take my belt and loosen about four notches and, and pull my pants halfway down where I smile at, you know, my second smile? And, 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 and why don't I do that, okay? How would y'all like me now? If I walked around like that, Miss Vicky, would you go in the restaurant with me? If I had my pants where I smiled that second? <laughs> you, you wouldn't like that, right? Okay. Is God in a different? Ladies, is God in a different? Do he like it when we wear our pants that way? No. Will we smile that second? No. All right, let's move on. Our greed. Capitalism breeds what? Anybody know what capitalism is? What about entrepreneurship? These are fancy words, kids. One means that you go out and you have your own business for the sole purpose of making money. There's nothing wrong with owning a business. As long as that business doesn't take the place of God. As long as that business doesn't take the place of Christ. Okay? I know this part of the chapter was going to probably frustrate some people that hear it. But God is holy. Okay? And we can say all we want to just because it's acceptable in, in society does not mean it's acceptable in heaven. Yes, ma'am. You were raising your hand? All right. Why on the NIV side says? He said because what? Because these things are improper for God's holy people. Holy means that you're different than everybody else, Damien. If everybody else is out smoking dope, God people don't what? I want to tell you, did you know that drug use is in the Bible? There are or are Drug use is in the Bible. Let me explain it to you. In Revelation chapter 22, when it talks about sorcerers, the word for sorcerer, are y'all ready for this? I'm about to teach you something from the Greek. The word sorcerer in Greek is pharmaca. What does that sound like to you? Pharmaceutical. Pharmaceutical is exactly where we get our English word, pharmaceutical form. And what was happening, sorcerers would use drugs to flip themselves out into a hallucination manner, and they would hallucinate, and they would perform their magic. So really, they should, instead of putting sorcerer, they should put drug addict. When I seen that, I go, whoa! <laughs> Illicit drugs in the Bible. It does talk about drug use in the Bible. Okay? Verse 4. Somebody read verse 4. Verse 4. Come on, Ivan. You're good. Go ahead, sweetie. Come on. Neither filthiness, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor foolish talking, <laughs> <laughs> neither filthiness, 
You no, are horse jesting. Horse jesting. I'll explain that in a moment. Which are not fitting, but rather giving a face. Which is not fitting. Let's talk about this for a moment. How many of you all like to talk nasty? Tell nasty jokes. Damien. <laughs> okay. How many of y'all like to cuss people out? Okay, come on. What? Yeah, this is going out around the world. You're recording us? I'm recording everything. No paparazzi. <laughs> I don't want them to find me. Okay. So, coarse jesting is another form of, you guys, you know how you like to laugh and cut the fool and say nasty things? <laughs> oh, man, that was a good one. God said no. God says no. Don't humor him because it's not funny to God. Okay? You can lay in that big chair. You can let it out. Yes, ma'am. I got a question. So there's like a camera. Hi. Hi. No, it's a microphone. Okay. So don't be what? Filthy. Now foolish talking. And teenage boys and preteen boys and girls. This is a part that y'all really need to learn about because that's what y'all like to do and you think it's funny. You do a lot of, look, look teens, uh, all y'all eyes on her rather than me. Yes, ma'am. Let's just talk easy today. Let's do that. I'm going to move my stool over here. Please, Miss Vicky. I'm going to talk candid to you. You come to Bible study because you want to do what? Learn about the Lord and God and Jesus. So why are you sitting here being disrupted? This is serious business from God. When God sends a word from heaven and you're sitting in the audience and you're listening to it or pretending to be listening... It's not cool because for some of you this may be a matter of life and death later on in your years when you get older so you're going to need to know how to how to behave a certain way I, I've seen a tape where a man was going to kill another man but because that man was a Christian, he began to pray because he knew how to behave himself even in the midst of trouble. When the man pulled a gun down on him and stopped pulling the trigger, you know what happened? 
the gun jammed. He couldn't get it to fire. And finally, the would have been killer took off. That Christian man had his life spared by God because God heard his prayer. But what if he'd have been foolish talking at that moment when that would-be killer would have came in? And he didn't remember the words of God about being holy and, and, and being respectful because he at no time said to that would-be killer, you stupid, you're a fool, God's going to get you for this. You know what he did? He called on his father in heaven. And our Father in heaven heard his son on earth. And Lord Jesus saw that he was in trouble. And he sent an angel to jam the gun. And the man's life was spared. So when we teach Bible study, everybody, it's, not, it's good to have friends. I like to laugh at Brother Amelia. Brother Amelia had me cracking up. I'm telling you, he's just crazy. Okay? But I love him to death. However... Brother Million knows when to hold those jokes. And he knows when to listen. And he knows when to write his notes down. I see him writing notes down. Okay? Or Miss Vicky. She doesn't interrupt when she wants to ask a question. She has never interrupted me. She politely, ladies, raises her hands. Or her one finger. You know? And I, I see it. Sometimes I get to her question right away. Other times it's, it may take a few moments after I finish making a statement because sometimes I don't want to forget my thoughts. But she's respectful. I'm much younger than she is. I should be respecting her, and I do. I always call her Miss Vicky. Even though I fulfill the role of a pastor, it doesn't give me the right to be rude. It doesn't give me a right to be disrespectful. Okay? One of the things that God has given us today, He's given us this thing called love. And that's what this whole chapter is about. And it's God to say, okay, for those who say that they love me, I want to show you what love is so that you will be able to give that love back to me and to one another. Okay? And so as we're going through this, he's really telling us, okay, for my little ladies, and you are, you're a gorgeous young lady. He says, all right, for my little ladies in here, my little prince, this is the way I want you all to behave. You're handsome little fella. I told you, you got your hair cut, man, dude. You're handsome. And you know what God says for his handsome little gentleman here? He said, because I love you, I want you to learn how to behave a certain way. I want you to be able to carry yourself as a little gentleman. Okay? And little gentlemen don't talk nasty. And they don't shoot the fingers so their buddies can laugh and... And they don't go and pull another man's pants down so they can get a laugh out of it. Or talk about somebody's mama or how fat somebody is or how ugly somebody is. All these things are not appropriate for God's little princes and his little gentlemen. 
Okay? So, he's, he's teaching us as kingdom children. Okay? Our Father's in heaven, but yet we are his children on earth. So, he's saying, my children, this is how people would know that you are my children. My children are different than the rest of the people on earth. Because this is how my children love me. They behave in a very respectful and loving manner. And so, that's why he tells us, no filter talking, no coarse jesting. Jesting is another way of saying you joke too much. Okay? Always trying to get a laugh. There's a time and place for everything. Sometimes you'll see me, I may say something crazy up at the pulpit. And then I say, did I just say that? And every now and then, one of the things of my wife said, why did you say that? I go, I don't know. I was in the moment and I forgot. Even pastors have to mind their P's and Q's. Okay? So, verse 5. For this you know that no born of cater, unclean person, no covetous, covetous, mm -hmm. who is an idolater, has meaning. An idolater. An idolater has meaning. That means someone who worships a false god. And, and by the way, he's saying if you're doing these things, you're just like a person that worship a false god. He puts you in that same category. So what is he saying? I read on what's going to happen to people who behave like this. Um, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God? Okay. So in other words, to make it short for everybody, you're not going to heaven. If you're living a life like this, you're not going to heaven. Well, what does that mean? If you're having sex outside of marriage or sex, anything, sex in any way other than with your husband or with your wife and not talking about Steve with Steve and Kim with Kim. Okay? That the relationship is not like Adam and Eve. That's the only recognized marriage God sees from heaven. That's the only time you can have sex is when you have that ring on your finger. Miss Nelson and I have been together 35 years. And so, let me tell you, he said, anything outside of that, including uncleanness, which, we'll give your name again, sweetie. Maven. 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 So, anything outside of that, including the way we dress that would draw attention to ourselves, you know, cleavage. Sometimes I think my shirts are too tight. No, your muscles are too big. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what we have to do is put ourselves in check, is what he's saying. As children of God, this is really the heart of a loving father. He said, I want to help my children out. I, I want to show you how to live before me. And, and that's pretty cool, isn't it? That, 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 that Jesus said, okay. I want to help Aiden know how to behave before me so that he doesn't get in trouble with me. That's a loving father, isn't it? And that's what I tell Michaela and, and, and Matthew at home. I said, I tell you what, instead of coming in, doing this and this and get yourself in trouble, why don't you come in the house and do this? This way you don't have to worry about getting in trouble. 
Because all my kids tell you, it's a rare occasion if I come home acting a fool for nothing. Isn't that right, Maurice? Maurice is one of my oldest babies. It's a rare thing, right, Maurice? That I come home acting crazy for no reason, right? Usually if I, if, if I, if I get in a, in a bad mood most of the time, it's because I've seen one of my kids do what? Misbehave in some shape, form, or fashion. And then I said, why'd you do that? Is God any different than me as a father on earth? No. We're in God's house. The world is God's house. And his children is his family. And God has a right to come in his house and correct his children. Or pat them on the back and say, hey, good job today. I'm proud of you. I really want God to pat him on the back. Well, come on, everybody should say, I do. I do. <laughs> okay. And so what he's doing, he's giving us some clues here from his word saying, okay, this is how you can get me to pat you on the back. Okay. Uh, Maven, that's kind of far for me to read. I can't read that from this far. I still need some help. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things that wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Okay, let's stop there for a minute. What does it mean by let no one deceive you with empty words? The word empty means flattering. Anyone ever, you know what flattering means to flatter someone? Uh -huh. You know, people, you definitely fooled yourself. <laughs> he said, good looking. <laughs> don't flatter yourself. Yeah, well, don't flatter yourself. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> Listen, you know that person that like the, we like to say today, fast talk you? A smooth talk you? In my day, we call it smooth talking. Okay? Well, ladies, them guys that like to say them things that you like to hear. Oh, baby, you sure look good. You're so sweet. <laughs> and you smell good, too. I'm single. <laughs> and so, and, and, and a guy is saying that, but in the back of his mind, he got one thought, and that's to get with her. And she's thinking he's just being a nice what? Nice guy. But he has a motive. Okay. Or a businessman. Let's talk about the business world for a second. You got a guy come up and say, man, I can make you a lot of money. And dude, you really don't have to do that much. First of all, you should already always be alert when a joker comes and say, I want to make you a lot of money. Okay. Most nine out of 10 times, he's a con artist. Because making money requires hard work. And a lot of times you're going to lose a lot before you make a lot. Okay, you, you, you gentlemen, you ladies know this. Y'all been in the world a long time. You've seen people, hardworking Americans lose everything because some con artists don't come and say, hey, hey, I can make you $10,000 just like this. All right, yes, ma'am. My mama said, guys only want one thing. Yeah, and that's what I was telling when he come and tell you, you sure smell good, maybe. <laughs> and you're going. Oh, gee, and that just made you blush. You go, oh, right <laughs> now. What? How do we look at that when it comes to the kingdom of God, though? 
how does it impact the kingdom of God? Well, there's a lot of different teachings out there that tell you that Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. And that's the biggest lie that can ever be told. Amen. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, is the only way in which you can get to heaven and be God's son and daughter. But there's other, and then there's another thing, and it, it breaks my heart, because so many people are throwing their money into these certain kind of ministries, and the people that are saying, uh, the Lord wants you to give this amount. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen because I don't want to blast them against the Holy Ghost. But I do know there are con artists out there. And my question is, how come the preacher the only one getting rich and prospering? Okay? You've been throwing money into the, to, to this man's uh, ministry for how many years? And you still the same way than it was the day that you started giving? Uh, hello, wake up. Because that's, that's misteaching from the word of God. Jesus never told any of his disciples that they were going to get rich while on earth. Not in the manner that you all think what riches are. Yes. What Jesus requires, what he told. Because Peter said, Lord, we done left houses and jobs and all to follow you. you know, Peter said, we've given up everything. And Jesus said, I say to you, he who has given up houses and jobs and families to follow me, haven't lost it, but have gained it with eternal life in this world and the world to come. Well, what does he mean by that? That means you are saved now. You belong to Jesus now. So you're rich in God's glory. You're rich in God's presence. You belong to God now because of Jesus. And you may be the poorest person being buried in the cemetery. But guess what? You're one of the riches in heaven because you belong to God by way of Jesus, God's son. All right? So empty words, flattering words, be careful. Be careful. And there's a one, now I want to hit on this one last thing, Miss Vicky, and I want y'all to listen to me carefully, no matter what your age is right now. There's a thing out there called right now hyper grace. Hyper grace. Meaning, you have been saved by Jesus and the blood of Jesus has washed away all of your sins. So when you sin, God's not angry with you because you're under grace. So don't spend time on trying to live so-called by the rules of God because you're under grace. I'm here to tell you why did God have the Apostle Paul them to write that? God bless you. If he didn't want you to follow the rules. His commandments. Yes, ma'am. Are you talking about baptism? No, baptism. Grace is mean God has given you his favor to enter into his kingdom because of what his son Jesus did on the cross, dying for our sins. Awesome. 
And we're glad you followed Jesus Christ. You love the Lord Jesus Christ, Maven? Okay. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? You accept him into your life? Not just saying a prayer, but you truly believe in him and you accept him with your life. Okay. We'll talk about it more because it's very important for him that you know and that you don't have to keep getting baptized if you have truly believed in Jesus with your life and you were baptized. I'm still trying to find myself. Find yourself? Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, I mean, like, I'm still like a teenager. Yes. And one of his disciples was a teenager, too, when Jesus told him to follow him. His name was John, who wrote the book, the Gospel of John, who wrote First and Second and Third John, who wrote the book of Revelation also. Well, those are actually four different authors right there. Matthew was the tax collector. John, uh, Mark, name was John Mark. He was one of the uh, men that went out with the Apostle Paul when he preached the gospel. And Luke also was one of the men that went with, with the Apostle Paul. He was actually a medical doctor. And, of course, John himself, young John, the teenager, whom Jesus loved. And God understand that you're young and a lot of things you don't understand right now, Maven. And sweetie, God is okay with that. Because that's why you have studies like this to teach you. That's why you keep coming and you keep reading and you ask questions. I really don't know what I believe. <clears throat> okay. I'm glad you said that. Because every everybody here at some point has some kind of doubt about the things of God. But God is patient with us. Jesus loves us. And he takes his time and he teaches us. And right now, the first thing to believe in is to know that God exists. You do know that, right? That God is real. And he has a real son named Jesus who came to this earth, who died a real death on the cross. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. The same Jesus went back to heaven. But he taught men for three and a half years to continue the work that he begun on earth, telling people, that there is a kingdom coming, which we can't see with our eyes right now. But one day God is going to make that kingdom visible. And people are given the opportunity now to enter that kingdom now before God brings it here. And by sim simply accepting his son, Jesus, and Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you with my life. And you are my Lord forever. And you learn to love him more by coming to Bible study, coming to worship services. And also, Maven, you get to, you know, your friends. I can tell you're a pretty popular person. You appear to have a lot of friends. And that's good because Jesus liked people being friendly. And it gives you the opportunity to tell your friends about Jesus. Say, listen, it's all new to me. I don't understand it all right now, but I know Jesus loves me. I do know that. And I do know that he loves you and he cares for you. And this is how much he cared. He laid down his life. He allowed men to beat him and he allowed men to drive nails in his hand and his feet. And then he himself laid down his own life. When he said it is finished, he died for us. 
but God three days later and there you have it baby that's the basics and you get those basic teachings in your heart and your soul God will take by Jesus and build on that and he will make you stronger and more knowledgeable and full of wisdom in those things Yes, which is? You bet you. And did you know that the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote that? In fact, he wrote the book that we're studying right now, the book of Ephesians. Paul was a prison, and he was in chains, chained between soldiers, Roman soldiers, when he wrote that. And even though he appeared to be weak, because they had chained him, had him in shackles, yet he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me while I'm in these chains. And we do know that the Romans put their best guards on Paul. And that some of those guards, those Roman soldiers, got saved. Can you imagine sitting with Paul every day? That was your job as a soldier? Yes, ma'am. It's okay. Please ask it. No question is, is not too important to God. All questions are important to God. It's, just like, it's a story that I um, learned in another Bible study place. It's like, I don't know if it's from the Bible, but it's like the code of many colors. Yes. In fact, we talked about that today. We talked about that from uh, Genesis chapter 38. Apparently it was like um, a man which had, I think, two sons. Twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. But they wanted, they thought he only loved, like really liked one. And I guess they, and they killed him and they blamed it on like a bear. Well, they was going to and they was going to blame it on a wild beast. You got the gist of the story. His name was Joseph. And his, 12, his 11 brothers, they hated him because he had a, such a wonderful relationship with his father that they didn't have. But not only that, this man has a special calling on his life from God. And God chose Joseph to do a special work. And Joseph, do you know, how, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? 14. 14. Did you know Joseph was just three years older than you? In the beginning of chapter 38 of Genesis, it says that Joseph was 17 years old when his brother threw him in that pit. And the next day, they sold him into slavery. And for the next 13 years, he lived a life as a slave away from his father. His father thought a wild beast had killed him. He thought his son was gone, the one he loved more than all the other boys. And so, but Joseph being 30 years old, got appointed as second in command of the entire nation of Egypt. 30 years old. And he did a, a wonderful thing through the hand of God. He helped save the world from starvation. And everybody, you never know when God's going to use you. Maven, 14 years old, the mother of Jesus 
was not much older than you. It is believed that she was between 13 and 17 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. Chosen by God. You never know who God's going to use. That's illegal in my, in my brain. Well, but God made the human. So for his purpose, he can use anyone he wants to. Regardless what man law says, she she did not get a baby from a man. So how are you going to risk God? <laughs> and it wasn't sex involved either. So far, I remember that there was two Marys. There was Mary the Virgin and Mary Magdalene. Pretty good. Yes, you're right. But there was also others. There was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, whom died Jesus raised from the dead. And there was Mary, the mother of Jesus? No, James and John. Was, no, um, that was Salami. I'm sorry. I was learning about um, apparently Jesus and Moses. They're telling the story about Jesus and Moses. Was Jesus born before Moses? Jesus existed long before Moses, even though Moses came as a human before Jesus. Jesus was the one that created Moses. Jesus was the one talking to Moses from the burning bush. And they live as humans 1,500 years apart. Yeah, the, um, I mean, like, the, I remember, like, one of them in Bible times, they were like, I heard one of them was like 400, 500 years old, something like that. Well, Moses died when it was 120 years old. Jesus died at the age of 33, and God raised him back from the dead. But that was just his human years on earth. Then God brought him back to heaven. Now, if you want to put an age on Jesus, no human can do that because he has no beginning and no end. He's always existed. Okay. All right. Say it again. Somebody said that God and Jesus are the same person. Actually, they are. Yes. God is still God. He's on his throne. And Jesus came as this son God. He's the Son of God on earth, but the Spirit of God. So they're one of the same. Now, how that work out? It blows your mind. Human minds just can't really grab a hold of certain things from God. It's just too complicated. But back to the love letter that the Apostle Paul is writing here by way of God in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, as we see here now that People who live a certain lifestyle, it may be acceptable among us. And I've heard, I listened to some pastor's testimony today online and how some are okay with certain lifestyles of people, but God is not okay with that lifestyle. Okay? God is not okay with that lifestyle. And one of the fastest misunderstanding, misleading in the world, especially to young people, and I'm just going to say it, and I don't care what people think about me, transgender. God never confused any person he created. God, God knew exactly what kind of sex he gave you down there, whether it's a boy or a girl, and he gave the brain to match it. Amen. Okay? There was no confusion. All right? 
And I heard this one young man talking to a young lady about that, and he, she asked him why didn't he believe in it, you know, why can't it exist? And he asked her, he said, um, how old are you? And she said, I'm 20, I think 23 or something like that. And he said, uh, why can't you be 60? She said, because I'm not 60. He said, exactly. So you knew that you wasn't 60, right? Yeah, I'm not 60 years old. He said, also, you knew that you a girl. <laughs> that slammed the whole conversation. Let's move it on. Uh, so in verse 5, for this you know that no fornicator or sexually unclean person, person that they're committing sexual sins, uh, unclean person or covenant, a person that always want what the other person have, okay? In other words, y'all heard the term keeping up with the Joneses? Oh, excuse me, there is a Jones in the house. <laughs> and he said, oh, whoa, 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 don't use me. But that's just an old expression. Keeping up with the Joneses, right? They go out and get a nice BMW, you run out and get one. They go out and get a Kawasaki, do they still make those? They go out and get a Kawasaki. If not, we'll have one made. We'll have one made, right? So whatever the Joneses got, they go out and get. They're not going to let one have one up on them, right? The Bible says that's a sin. That is a sin to want what your neighbor have. Okay? Actually, I think that's one of the two commandments. It is. It's the last commandment. Okay? You messed it up. That's all right. I'll go with the middle column. Don't worry about it. All right, verse 6. No one, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath is going to come on those who are disobedient. There is absolutely a surety, everybody, that judgment day is coming to this world. People don't like to talk about that anymore. But did you know for 1,500 years in the Word of God, because that's how long it took to write this, Every bit of it talks about Judgment Day. Beginning in Genesis chapter 3. Thank you. The first book of the Bible talks about it. And so does the last book of the Bible. Revelation. The beginning book and the last book. And everything in between tells us that the Judgment Day it's coming. So, you can believe what you want to. You live a certain way, you will be judged by God. In fact, Jesus said God has given all judgment to him. So God is not going to judge you. Jesus is. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, it's not going to stop him from judging you. But if you belong to him, you will not be judged in that manner. Now, as his sons and daughters, you will be judged how you live accordingly as a Christian. Will it going to cost you your salvation? No, but it may cost you your crown. Oh, not crown, but a type of award that he gives you. Paul talks about that. 
Now, I don't know what comparisons to make on that because I don't know what those rewards are. Okay? Some people like to make it this way. Well, it's like getting a mansion or a shack. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think you're going to equate the rewards of God to earthly things. Okay? So whatever Lord Jesus has in store for us, I'm blessed to just, I'm like King David. And I forget what Psalms it in. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to live in the tents of the wicked. In other words, the tents of the wicked can be full of riches. I don't want to live there. I'd rather say, come on in, Mr. Jones. Good day, Mr. Jones. In into our father's house. Uh, see you soon, Mr. Jones. Come on back to our father's house. And if I have to do that for eternity, guess what? I'm not burning in hell. Amen. Amen? And I even said on Sammy Nelson's turn, if I got to sweep the floor. Okay, Lord. You said clean the back room? I'm on it. If I got to do that, at least I get to hear him and talk to him and love him. But I'll be the best janitor he have in heaven. Amen? Amen. If it's such a thing. So, therefore, do not be partners with them. And here's the thing. This is the part that Paul is saying. He didn't say that we couldn't go out and have dinner with someone that's doing these things. He didn't say that we couldn't go and sit at a basketball game where people do those things. He said, partnership means what, dear Mr. Jones? Partnership means what? You're working together in those things. In other words, if Brother Amelia said, Sammy, let's go rob a mayor's bank. Brother, you're on your own. But I need you. Okay. Well, let's go beat up Matthew. You on your own. Okay. Well, let's sit on the sidewalk, do some cat calling. You on your own. Because Miss Nelson ain't going to knock me out. More important to God. So, don't partnership, don't be in agreement with people who does do those things, okay? That's what he's talking about, Maven. Don't be in agreement with people that like to talk about other people. And I know, I, I know teenage girls. I know how you are. Okay? I know teenage girls like to go, and guess what? Teenage boys, just as bad. Yes, ma'am. To be honest, I've only done it twice. Okay. But it's twice more than enough than what God requires? Is it twice too many times to God? Yes. Yes. Twice is too many times for God. Okay. So don't partner with them. For you were once darkness. Darkness means darkness is another word for what? Sinner. You were once sinners. But don't go back to doing it. Sometimes I, Samuel Nelson, repeat certain sins. Any witnesses in here for your own life? Okay. 
And so, but I thank God that Jesus talks to God every day for me. But Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, there's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. Meaning, Jesus intercedes, he talks to God, he's like a lawyer pleading our case with God day and night without stopping. Aren't we glad that we have someone like that in heaven? Huh? He's doing the opposite of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> God don't knock him down. Father, give him another. I don't know what he says to his father. But certainly it's on our behalf though, isn't it? Amen. And to our advantage. What's the time? Just a few more minutes. All right, 15 more minutes. But then he goes on and tells you and I, for you were once darkness of sinners, but now you are light in the Lord. What does that mean, light? What does that mean, light? Light, you're now light in the Lord. What does that mean? Forgiven. You're forgiven. You're Christ's children. Okay? Holy. And so holiness, that's important to know. Teenage kids, Skylar and Damien, it's important to know. Okay? Yes, ma'am. My little insert says, we are a reflection of the light of Christ. And that is absolutely correct. We are reflection of Christ. Jesus Christ was not the reflection of God. He was and is and always will be God. Amen. That's why the writer tried his best to explain that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And the writer of Hebrew says he is the exact representation of God. Okay? And so they can have them close that door. Now, so for the first fruit they said live live as children of light for the first fruit of light consists in all goodness righteousness and truth if you want to know if a person is really saved hello if you really want to know if a person is saved look at how they're living when they first get saved does that life change? A person that confessed Christ is their Lord, do their life change? Yes. The Bible that I have says that when Jesus enters a person's heart, that person, he brings about a change. Okay? Jesus changes the person. New you are a new creation that old way of living has left you okay so there is some change if you never see a change take place guess what not saved because he first fruits means what first evidence there's my sister it means first evidence. 
that God just did something wonderful in your life by his son, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> you now belong to God. <laughs> Before, you used to have another daddy. We talked about that Sunday, didn't we? <laughs> and so Jesus come to give us another father. Amen? All right. Are you tired, Danielle? Uh-huh. Ate too much. <laughs> All right, verse 10, and find out what pleases the Lord. That's a, this is a big one. Even for little kids, even for uh, preteens and teenagers, even for Michaela and Aiden and Skylar and Damien yeah. and Sammy and Dick and Amelia and Sister Vicky and Tamara and Ivy. She goes, please don't call my name. Miss Belinda and Zora. It is difficult for us at times to try and find out what pleases God because we're too focused on the things of this world. We get caught up in family. And I tell you, inner mama right here tell you, running kids back and forth all the time, do not allow your mind to always be focusing on God every moment of that day. Or if you got a job, well, you got to get caught up in the moment of the job or you're going to lose your job, right? And if you're a student in school, you're caught up in your work, schoolwork, school classes. Or if you're walking down the hallway, you're caught up in your buddies. Or on the way home. And so very rarely do we think about, Lord, how can I please you today? We don't think about that. But that is exactly what God wants us to do. And some days I do ask the Lord, Father, how can I please you today? Jesus says, you want to know how to please me? Keep my commandments. Pretty simple. Even on Valentine's Day. Now, and then have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. All right, I'm going to stop right there and talk about that moment, this, that statement. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. You remember the way you used to live before you got saved? Oh, yes, you do. You remember, most of you here, at least adults, you remember what your life was like before you came to Christ. Or shall I say before Christ came to you? I remember. 23 years old and, old and handsome with hair. My waist was this big and I was cut. And my uniform, my, my belly didn't protrude by four inches over my belt. Okay. I was a handsome young army sergeant. And I thought my world evolved around me. Yes, ma'am. 
I had a 27 inch waist. Is that possible? Yes. I was fit. I could outrun. I can out jump and swim. And I could do all kinds of things. And I was a ladies' man. Yeah. And let me tell you. And I had a sports car. What? And I was something else. Listen to me. I'm telling you what my life used to be like. I had a girl down south and other girls up north looking at me. Hello. And I would grab me a glass of Johnny Walker Red on the rocks. And I thought I was somebody. And I bought the best clothes. I went to the best malls that had the best stores. And I spent my cheap army paycheck on the best clothes. When I got out of my car, I, I mean, that was me. Now I got jeans from Sam's Club. Sam's Club don't sell jeans. You have to go to the back. <laughs> $13 boots from Sam's Club. I got on Walmart boots. And I got a wedding band on my finger. It's been there 35 years. I think 34, 35 years. And I don't have any hair, so I'm not attractive anymore. I'm about 80 pounds heavier. But something on the inside have changed since 1983. Y'all hear me? And that on the inside is Jesus came in before this was empty. Now I have the greatest person that is living on the inside. So I don't see things the same anymore. I still have some crazy thoughts. And boy, I lived a dangerous and reckless life. And I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of nobody. But at the age of 23, everybody, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to close this Bible study out. And I'm not bragging on me because I'm nobody. I'm giving you a testimony right now, Maven. When God had this 70-something-year-old man pick up the newspaper and seeing my picture in the newspaper as their new Army recruiter, and that old man picked up the phone and he called the recruiting office and said, is this the Sergeant Sammy Nelson Jr. from Gainesville, Florida? And I go, yes, it is. Welcome to Hagerstown, Maryland. That's where I was recruited at the first nine months. I said, thank you. 
And they said, I'd like to come out and visit you sometime. I said, please do. Our recruiting office was in the Valley Mall, right off of Interstate 70, uh, Interstate 70 and Interstate 81, because they dissected right there. They inter not dissected, but intersected there. One coming out of West Virginia, going into Pennsylvania. Well, they both went into Pennsylvania. Anyway, he came out. I'm sitting at my desk. He came out just a few days later. You know what happened, boys and girls? Look at me. I'm giving you a testimony now to tell you what my life used to be like. And that gentleman was bigger than I am now when he walked in. And I was sitting at my desk, and I was about 190 pounds at that time. I'm 294 now. And he walked in, he said, I'm here to see Sergeant Nelson. And I looked up, and I kept on looking up. I'm going to go, good God Almighty. He was a giant. Like Andre the Giant, this guy was huge. But he had a demeanor. He had a a presence about him that was just like he was a gentle giant. And he said, Sergeant Nelson, I'm Andrew Ox. I still remember his name. Yes, ma'am. I know why you remember his name. Why? Uh, because it was a shocking day. Very shocking day? Well, it certainly was... Not what I expected that day. He was very tall and big. Anyway, everybody, listen to me just for a second. I'm going I'm to let you go home. That day, Mr. Ox and I talked briefly, and then the conversation turned to church. See, Mr. Ox came with a motive from God. Mr. Ox came with God's plan of salvation. On he was on a mission. He said, Sergeant Nelson, uh, do you go to church? And I said, yes, sir. Ah, number one, I lied. I didn't go to church. I went to clubs. Okay. <laughs> then he said, I know a church that just got started. It's an old high school gymnasium, Harvest Baptist Church. He said, I know they're looking for new members. If I invited you, would you come? And I said, sure. I, lie number two, I had no intention of going to church. But I knew enough that my mom said, if you're going to tell somebody something, honor it. Man, I went to go to the club. Hagerstown, I told y'all Hagerstown was known for Miss American pageants. That's all they train girls to become, Miss America. What do you think the nightclubs were full of? Miss America. <laughs> yeah, Miss, Miss America wannabes. Okay? And so, that's where my mindset were. I got to get to the club. Right? Guess what happened that weekend? Guess who didn't go to the club? You. And I can't tell you today why I didn't go other than God said no. I went to work that Saturday. And I came home, worked a half a day at the recruiting office, came home, and I sat and talked with my neighbors. In fact, I gave one of them a ride in my new, in my nice car, and, that, and I just flipped him out, boy. He said, you gonna take me for a ride? I go, sure. Took him for a ride, came back. 
went to bed, got up early. I was restless all night long, brother me. I couldn't, I didn't know why. I got up early the next morning, put on my, I told you I had some nice clothes. I put on my best rags. And when I got to the church parking lot, holler, nobody was there. I'm going like, where is everybody? But I was early because I couldn't sleep. And I didn't know why I was restless. And finally, Mr. Ox showed up. By that time, a lot of people came. It was, that church was a new church. Boy, they had a lot of folks. So we walk in. It was almost like walking in a theater. And so I sat towards the back. Mr. Ox sat to my left. I heard the message. A little short white fella come out on the stage. He said, hi, I'm Pastor Jeff Winstead. I'm a graduate of Moody Bible College. And he preached a sermon. He knew what he was talking about, I guess. But I don't know what the sermon was about. But I do know what he said, though. If you was to die today, would you know for certain you would go to heaven? No going. Hmm. I can't answer that. Then he said, but you can know for sure because God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you so that you can go to heaven. Now, as a soldier, I knew that our army had just come off the island of Grenada. We had just delivered those medical students. So I understood conflict. And I understood the supreme sacrifice that somebody's going to give their life for you. And I, as a soldier, and Brandon knows this, he was a soldier for almost six years. And you understand that, that when somebody's willing to lay down their life for you like that, you, that's the person you want to be with. So as a soldier, I said, why would he do that? He don't even know me. That's what I'm thinking. But then this little voice in me going, oh, yes, he does know you. That's why he did it. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah. And so, when he gave the invitation to come down, I remember a young boy, teenage boy, took me into the room, showed me from the scriptures that God loved me, and that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. And that God raised Jesus from the dead. And by me believing in Jesus and acknowledging that I had sinned against God and that Jesus came to deliver me from my sins, that I would be saved. And it means more than being saved. That means now a holy God is now my father. And the son, Jesus, is now my Lord forever. And I'm on God's side. I'm on God's, I'm in God's family. And I don't ever have to worry about not being in the family of God. God will always love me. And he will always send his angels to look out for me. People, that day, that 23-year-old Mr. Man who thought he was everything got a new life. That day, I guess, Mr. Mayor, 34 years ago, because that was in 1983, God wrote my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I changed forever. You can let it close, Zara. Oh, okay. <clears throat>
I walked out of there, Maven, this is for you, darling. I walked out of there, that church that day. I didn't know what had just happened to me. I knew no more than I did when I walked through the door. But day by day, God showed me what had happened to me. And right away they enrolled me in a Bible correspondence program. And I would do them. And then it's the same you need to start coming to church on Wednesday night. Guess what I started doing? Going to church on Wednesday night. Oh, you need to come to church on Friday night. Guess what I started doing? Church on Friday night. Some nights I had to work late as a recruiter. I mean, I feel like I'm blabbling right now. But boys and girls, my life's changed. And then nightmares start hitting. People started targeting me because I was a black recruiter. And I got death threats. Ms. Nelson and I got married three months later. She was back here. I went back up there. She was not aware of the death threats. And people would leave little notes at the water fountain. Uh, don't drink here because the water may turn into black ink. And it just got really stupid. And finally the army said, we're going to move you. And I went down and they said, we know your situation. Department of Army has approved you to move. And so when I got to move, tomorrow. Yay. You got 24 hours. The United States Army said you got to be out in 24 hours. That means no moving van. Because you know it takes time to make arrangements for moving vans. I was on my own. Do you know what happened to everybody? Our captain down in Baltimore paid for a rental trailer. And I used our supply truck to put the trailer behind it. And the, so, the, the civilians called Duffers that I had put in the Army, these high school students, came and helped load up my apartment. And so did the church and moved me to Baltimore, 70 miles away. You don't know what you're going to be facing. But God's people rallied behind me. Because it had gotten so bad, and Lord forgive me for saying this, I had told them, the next white person I say, I'm going to kill him. That's how angry I had become over the death threats. I did. And that church, they said, no, Sammy, God loves you and we love you. And they were all white. And they put their arms around and they cried. They stood on, on my lawn and cried. Those people loved me with all their hearts. Yes, ma'am. I have not talked to any of them in years. And Mr. Andrew bought me my first Bible. And that Bible I took to Iraq with me. It's at home. That Bible is at home. 
Anyway, we're over time. I don't apologize for it. I think it's something that you young people want need to hear tonight. Sometimes Bible teaching means you just got to stop, forget the script, and let the Spirit lead you and teach. Amen. And I think that's what happened today. And so, Brother Jones, will you pray for us? Will you close us in prayer? These kids got school tomorrow. Father, Lord Jesus, we come here tonight, Father, giving you all the praise and glory, Lord Jesus. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for allowing us to hear your word, Father. I ask the Father, to continue to be with us as we walk in this world, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Against a lot of temptation, a lot of uh, peer pressure, and all the other opposing forces, Father, that might draw us from you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. That's the pressure. Just keep us focused, Lord Jesus. Let's just remember, Father, that we represent you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Let's just be different, Father, from the world, Lord Jesus. Let the world to be able to see our light, Father, through you, Lord Jesus. Strengthen us, Father, when we don't feel so strong, Lord Jesus. Let's ask and pray, Father, for the youth, Lord Jesus, that you just continue to watch over them. Continue to bless them, Father. Bless them to know that they can be a leader and not a follower, Lord Jesus. Bless them, Father, to be different, Father. Put inside of them a hunger, Lord Jesus, and a thirst for you, Father. And bless us all as we do our own separate ways, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.